0: If you grew up in uh in this part of the country or maybe in in another part of the country, it is even if you didn't grow up in a religious home or a Christian home, you probably did this at least at Thanksgiving, you would say a prayer before you ate. It's just what people do culturally, okay? And I think it's good. And and if you if you're really from the south, you've probably heard this before. Would you ask the blessing, okay? Have anybody ever done that before? Or would you say the blessing, okay? And and I like to I like to you ever like to you joke with people? I like to joke with people, okay? And so sometimes they say, "Will you, will you say the blessing?" I said, "No, I'll ask it because I can't bless anything." Okay? I can't. I don't have no, don't have the power. Only God has the power to bless things, okay? So, and I'm doing that as a joke. Okay? I'm not trying to be a jerk when I do that, okay? You know those people that correct your grammar on a text? I'm not trying to be that person, okay? Oh, that's a you didn't use that abbreviation correctly. Okay? No, I'm not trying to correct that, but you know, if you think about it, um we, we do that. It's, it's a common thing, even, if, even in a, like a, a place that's not really devout, to pray before you eat, to ask God to bless it. And today we're going to look at a blessing that's asked. And the reason for the blessing being asked is, is the, the blessing is the first part. We're going to be in Psalm 67. We've been walking through some of the Psalms together. So we'll be in Psalm 67. You have a copy of God's Word you can turn there. If not, it'll be on the screen for you in a minute. We're going to walk through there, and the first sentence is a blessing. And then the, le- the next six verses are, tell us why the blessing is there, and that we should ask for a blessing, and what the blessing should be used for. So if we look in Psalm 67, we're going to look at a blessing. We're going to ask a blessing. We're not going to say the blessing because we can't bless anyone. Only God can. Psalm 67, you would, I'm going to read it to you, and we'll walk through it. Psalm 67, to the choir master with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. Then here's the blessing. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us. Selah. Now, I talked about this word a couple weeks ago. In case you forgot or you slept since then, the word selah is a break. It means to think about it. Or it could actually be a term used for a musical interlude. And so it would be, if you think about it, it would be like guitar solo time, okay? Because it's with stringed instruments, right? All right? All right, so you got God bless us, be gracious to us, bless us, make your face shine upon us, and then face melting solo, okay, or whatever they did in, in Hebrew times, okay? Selah. But they, the, the intent was for you to think about that blessing. And then we get, and I, I'm, just so you know, I'm telling you the truth. Look through verses 2 through 7, and he gives us the why of the blessing, <clears throat> that your way may be known on earth. You're saving power among all nations. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. For, the, for you judge the people with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Selah. So interlude. Think about that. Then verse five is a repetition of verse three. Exactly. Word for word. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. And so first I want us to look at this blessing and see what it is because we say a lot of blessings. We ask a lot of blessings. And I think it's right for us to ask blessings because in the Bible, you see a lot of times people asking God for blessings. And when we talk about a blessing, it means God Take these situations and use it. prosper me in this situation. Not prosper. See, here's the problem. We live in a culture and in a time where there so many biblical teachers in our culture who keep telling you that the purpose of the Bible is to make you healthy, wealthy, and wise. Well, the problem with that is look at all the people who followed Jesus and his words and look at all the people who followed God. They were usually not very... Very healthy and why well, they were wise in their own, but not wise in worldly wisdom, and they usually ended up dead for following him. so a real big hole, and most of the time those prosperity preachers take some verses out of context and they just talk about it, but in our hearts, we have an a tendency towards money and greed and affluence because we are default setting of sin we do, and you you're saying, not me, not me, man. That's oh, not me. I'm gonna ask you something. Have you ever s- seen somebody win the lottery, and then you spent an hour or two talking about how, you, with your wife or somebody, how you would spend the winnings? Have you ever done that? Like when the Powerball comes up, you're like, now I'll play. It's 97 million. I wouldn't play it when it was 26. Okay, 97 million. That's what I'll play it. And you, every time that comes around, then you think about it. First thing I do is. Some of you are thinking, boat, I guarantee you. I see it in your eyes. It's like, fishing. Okay, that's going to happen. If you dwell, and, and listen, then it'll come up later in the conversation. Like you'll get away from it, and then later on, and maybe this is just me, happens in my household, but I imagine it happens in yours, yours too. Then a couple of hours later, you know what else I'd buy with that money, that hypothetical $97 million that I won? Then you're trying to figure out how much it would go to taxes. Okay, you've ever done that before? Like you're really getting into this. If you think about that, that shows our heart's desire for stuff. And we have in this culture, we, we do value affluence, sadly, over character. It's evident in our political processes we have going on. We, have, have, we, we look at affluence over character. And just, I want us all to think about this, this blessing that comes. Blessings can only come from God, and they're not meant, for, not, not meant to stop at us, not meant for God to prosper our ways, but it's meant for something else. It's meant for something greater. And, yes, we reap the benefit, but God is doing something greater through us through his blessings. And so blessings are this. God, bless us, give us something good and prosper us, not for our own good, but for your glory. Now, if you will, I want us to look at the blessing in, verses, in verse 1 of this, of Psalm 67. Because we need to know that blessing, it's okay to ask God for blessing. It's okay to him to say, God, would you bless our church? God, will you bless our family? God, will you bless this food? God, will you make this nutritious for us? Okay? Now, if you're saying it about Cheetos, I, I mean, that may be a, I mean, he did turn water into wine, okay? So maybe he can turn Cheetos into, into kale. I don't know. But I wouldn't bet on it, all right? <laughs> so, verse 1 May God be gracious to us. Now the first the first part of the blessing is an acknowledgment that we need grace that blessings aren't deserved, they aren't earned, they are given freely by a God to people who don't deserve it. And one of the greatest places you can get to in your life is to realize you don't deserve God's favor. It's a gracious gift. Sin separates us from God. It makes us it makes us enemies of God. It makes us those objects of his wrath but god in his goodness is gracious and this started and if you want to there's so many people that cast dispersion on the old testament that there's no grace in it oh there's so much grace in it because god didn't wipe all the israelites off the face of the earth immediately god is so gracious god's been gracious throughout the whole bible he's also been a holy god throughout the whole bible and we see here the first thing, the first thing in, in the blessing. He's like, God, be gracious to me. Give me something I don't deserve. Old boys going through, if some of you know, um, my mom and dad have moved, Nana and Pop Pop. They've gone down to Pensacola because my brother's having a baby, okay? Uh, well, his wife is. He's not. It's not a medical miracle, okay? it's uh, His wife's having a baby. And so they moved because they helped us out when when Judson was little, and he's six now in school, so they're going down to Pensacola. And, uh we don't know how to adequately express our emotions right i mean you're hung, you you've ever been hangry before you know angry hungry okay like you're just mad all right we don't know how to do that right okay that's why that snickers commercial resonates with everybody like oh yeah now i'm not hangry anymore okay um this his situation his behavior has not been great and it's been language to us about what's going on and the other day man i said something to him and he was like he popped off at me, and I gave him that, like, I will destroy you, I. You ever done? Mm-hmm. You must stop. <laughs> I will obliterate you. And then I saw his little heart just like, he just goes, oh, I said something bad to Dad. <laughs> the wrath is coming. Okay. And then I just had compassion and showed him grace. I said, that is unacceptable. But we're not going to go where it should go today. We're gonna, so I'm going to show you grace today and really I didn't tell him all the reasons why but I knew why it's because I had compassion on him and he should have gotten it and he will <laughs> okay discipline will happen but not that situation because of grace so God be gracious to us is the thing you don't deserve any blessing that you have Everything is, a, is, is more than you deserve. Everything, me too. Everything is more. So the, the, the blessing starts with God be gracious to us and bless us. Make our way prosper. Make our life prosper. And then make your face to shine upon us, which is actually, here's the best part about it. The blessings are not better than the one who blesses. The blessings are meant to point us to the one who blesses. And the idea of God's face shining upon us is his presence being in your life. And so this is, the, this is the ask. God, give us grace, blessings we don't deserve, bless us, and most importantly, make your face to shine upon us, which means let your presence be known to us. And that's when the, that's when the, the solo hits in. Say Okay, whatever it is, whatever the Hebrew sound and music. Thank God there's no, like, musical notes in the Psalms, okay? So we have, there's the ability for us to change music styles over the years, okay? You don't want to sing in Hebrew, I guarantee you. That is not one of the romantic languages, okay? It's like, (laughs) it's very Middle Eastern, and it's in your face, Okay. Let's listen to some people speak Hebrew sometime. It's not pleasant, okay? It's like they're yelling at you, okay? Or like they have something caught in their throat. If you're Hebrew and you're, you're, you're a Jew in here, I still love you, okay? And I'm glad God wrote half the Bible or over half the Bible in that language, but it's not pretty. Okay, just, let's just be honest, okay? It's like feet. They're necessary, but they're not pretty. And so we get to this place. That'll, you'll catch that in a minute. Get to this place where the blessing is asked, and then it doesn't just stop there. Because a lot of times we stop there because, like God, all I want is you to bless us, and yeah, I'll be present in your life. Yes, help me in this situation. Bless my finances. Bless this season of my life. Bless my kids. Bless my education. Bless my family. Bless this, and that's fine to pray those things. But the reason for the blessing and the reason why the Israelites would sing this as a blessing is is given in the next verses. Verse 2 It says, That your way may be known on the earth. God bless us so that we can make you known and your way known on the earth. Your saving power among the nations. So bless us so that you, your power to save, your graciousness, will be known. To all the nations. Now, I'm going to talk about nations in a minute. We're going to, it's a repeating phrase we'll talk about in a minute. Verse 2, or verse 3, let the people, or also, this can be translated, nations, let the nations, the peoples, praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. So, God, make your way known. So make, bless us so we can make your way known, so that the nations will come to know you and that they'll praise you. And then. <clears throat> We have verse 4, let the nations, again, or the peoples, be glad and sing for joy. Let them be glad and sing for joy. Why? And now this is, gets a little weird. For you judge the peoples with equity, and you judge the nations upon the earth. Now, if you're thinking about something real quick, <laughs> let the people be glad and sing for joy. And then it goes, talks about judgment. That's weird, is it not? It's, it's very strange for that, for some, let the people, all the nations, be glad, because you're a, you're a just, or what does it say? For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. He's saying, let the people come to know the the true God, the God who is gracious and the God of justice. It's the one God. And he says, I, I want the nations to know this. And then he goes on in verse five: Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. Now, there's a repetition in verse three. It says, let the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. And then in verse 5, it says, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. I'm not a smart man, okay? But I do know this. When something's repeated, it's important. Especially when it's verbatim repeated. I know we got some parents and some grandparents up in this place today. When you tell a child something to do, and they don't do it. It's infuriating. It's difficult. But if you said it three times and you said the same things three times, I saw parents and I like parents cut eyes to kids. I'm like, okay, he knows my life. Okay, <laughs> I lived that too. Okay, when you say it over and over again, it's emphasis, and you don't do it. There's a big deal. So here's the thing. He says, let the nations praise you. Let the nations praise you. Here's the thing. When you're reading the Bible and you see repetition notice when you see repetition there's an emphasis on a point then the point is this we are blessed not to just enjoy the blessings but so that we might bless others especially the nations now what does that mean the nations, the people. That's a big word. That sounds really good. What does it mean? Well, here, let's take it back. Let's understand its original context. This was sung by the Israelites. The Israelites were this chosen group of people. They were chosen out of all the nations to be God's blessing, and through through Abraham will come this blessing, which would be the Messiah, and there's this people of God. It starts with Abraham and his family, and it goes off, and it becomes the, the people of Israel, and there's all these other nations, which you'll see in the Old Testament, and these other Old Testament nations, they are not the chosen people of God and they don't have all the covenant promises of God. But here's the cool thing. Even when we go back to Genesis chapter 12 when God blesses Abraham and changes his name from Abram to Abraham, he said, through you all of the world will be blessed. And there's a day coming and it's seen here thousands of years before Jesus would come on the scene. A day coming when the blessings of the covenant people of God would not just be applied to Israel but to everybody else. See, the Bible sees the, the world broken up, especially the Old Testament, in two groups of people. Israel, the covenant people, and the Gentiles. That's, if you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile. The promises didn't necessarily apply to you. But beginning even in the Old Testament, there was God's plan and purpose for the blessings and the covenant relationship of God, for us to know God and to know his blessings and know his grace and to know his salvation. They were meant to come from this one people, out and go to the entire world, that all of the ends of the earth will be blessed. Now, this psalm looks forward to something that we know. Do you know why? Because Jesus was the Savior of the world. He didn't just come to die for the Jews. He came to die for the Gentiles. And when he was hung on the cross, the veil that separated the holy of holies From the outer gates, the place where you meet with God, was torn in two by Jesus. And when his death, burial, and resurrection, he tells the disciples, go and tell everyone about me, that they might come in and know God and know my salvation through Jesus. And so now we live in this place where the whole world is supposed to come and know God through God's covenant, most fully realized in Jesus. The whole world So now, here's the thing. God blesses the covenant people, his covenant people, and how are you a part of his promises? Through faith in Jesus Christ. Not by circumcision, not by keeping the law, but by faith in the finished work of Jesus. And now, why does God bless you? Is it because he loves you? Absolutely. Because he's gracious to you? Absolutely. But your blessings aren't supposed to stop there. They, your the blessings he gives us are for us to use to reach the nations, everybody who does not know. And I didn't, you know, it worked out great that Bill was here and he talked about the Iron Curtain and some of those countries. And if you look at the the two you guys, uh, Turkmenistan. Uh, listen, I just recently watched something about Turkmenistan, super closed off to the to the West. I mean, it's really hard to get a Western journalist in there. This. These people need the gospel. They need the word of God. There's a time that's come. Jesus has made a way. There's a way you repent and you believe. In fact, what does the psalmist say here in verse two? He says, Lord, be gracious to us. Bless us and make your face shine upon us. Give us these blessings. Why? That your way may be known on the earth and his way is understood with this parallelism in the second part of the verse which says your saving power among all the nations so his way is the saving power what did jesus say who is he he is the way the truth the life and christianity in the book of acts was known as the way you get this boom they were singing this the israelites were singing this not knowing what was coming Jesus would come, and there's a way of salvation, a way for gladness, a way for people to praise God that's here through Jesus. And here's the deal. He asks, uh, he asks for blessing. The psalmist asks, and they ask it corporately for blessing. And why is the blessing? God, I want to be more comfortable. God, give me a better boat so that I can fish more. God, give me a better car So I can look more stylish, or for some of us it's so I can get to point A to point B without having to put like oil or you know, antifreeze or whatever in there. God, bless me so that my life will be easier. Bless me so I can have a bigger house. Bless me so I can have a bigger bank account. Bless me so I can retire and I don't have to work for the man anymore. Okay? So I can sing, take this job and shove it. Bless me so that. That's too small a thinking for the people of God. Way too small. We have a better kingdom. We have a better home. Stuff is cool. Stuff is a, it's a blessing. Everything we have that's good is from God, who is full of blessings. And he's full of grace to his people. But that's not the end. It can't be. We are blessed so that we might be a blessing. So that people will come to know the way Jesus now fully realized. And then that might be, they might be glad in God and see him as a judge, a, a just judge, but also see his grace and come to worship him as a, fully and knowing who he is and everyone would praise him and know and have gladness in God. That's the reason why we are to ask for blessing. Now, I know this is not going to, the next time you say a a prayer for dinner, this is not, you're going to be like, that is a lot of things I have to think about before I pray. All right, before I ask God to bless these Cheetos, okay, or, you know, these nachos or this kale or wherever you are, okay, this gluten or lack of thereof, wherever you are on your dietary needs, keto, not what, paleo, whatever, before you ask him to bless whatever you're about to consume, you may not you might not have time because I believe in something, guys. I believe if you're prayed up, you don't have to pray long over food. It's stupid to pray long over food. You know why? Because it's in your face. All right. My dad also got hit one time by that flaming piece of fajita in the eyeball. It's dangerous. Okay. <laughs> like burn. it burned the white of his eye. For real. We had to go to the doctor. It was awesome. Uh, not for him. He's fine now. So it's awesome. But then you're putting your face in danger. Okay. You know, you're putting your face down in the food. All right. So be prayed up, pray quick over food, ask God to bless it. And maybe you don't have to have that thought, like all those thoughts right there. But if you will begin to change your thinking in which you are not the center of your universe and God's plan, but God is at the center of the universe and of his plan, then when you pray for blessings, all the, you will over time become to realize, God, everything you give is for you and not for me. It's for your name to be known amongst the nations. And so I'm not saying that when you go, (laughs) you don't have to do a really wordy prayer at lunch today, okay? God, I'm asking for this blessing, Lord, so that you know that this blessing will be for me to have energy to make your name known in my job, that you may not have to go there. But if you can start working on your thinking, let your mind be renewed by the Word of God, then when you come to pray and ask for blessing, you will know the blessing should not end in and of yourself. Because here's the thing, if if all we were after is blessings they're pretty empty there've been something i want you to think about something that you really wanted in your life and then think about the time when you got it cuz most of us had something we wanted and we got it whether it was something for christmas or something like that and then you're like man if i just had this if i just had this if i just had this man i really want this and then you got it and you might have been cool with it for a while. And then what happens? If I only had this, that thing loses its luster. Even the nice car, even the, even the big house, it loses its luster. It loses that thing. That's, that's too small for us. We are created for something bigger. God blesses us so that we might be a blessing to the nations and that people might know God. That people might know God. And when it says people and nations, listen the gospel, the good news of Jesus, and what it's talking about, the salvation of God, which is here like, about let the peoples praise God, that is for everyone. No matter your skin color, your ethnicity, and your, or your point on the globe, Christianity is universal. It's for everyone, it's for the Chinese, it's for the Japanese. It's for the (laughs) redneckies. It's for the intellectual. It's for those who are defined by their their sexual sin. It's for those who are confused about gender. It's for those who are moralistic and think that they can by their good deeds earn God's favor. It is a it is showing your way is wrong, your way is sin and you need the gospel. It's for every language. It's for every nation. They need Jesus in Brazil. They need Jesus in Iran. They need Jesus in Middle Tennessee. They need Jesus in Trousdale County. They need Jesus everywhere and we are blessed people to bless others. And so if we start looking at our life as as less about accumulation of things but more as a, everything is a gracious blessing from God, not to be hold, held on to too tightly but as a stewardship that we are supposed to have to use uh, whatever means we have to make him known whether it's through giving Bibles and God's Word or being a witness and having mercy ministry and and just making your house a place where, God, you gave me this house so I can put people in it who need you. God, you gave me this car so I could drive people to church or I could help the single mom who needs a ride so I could share Christ with them and help them in their difficult situation. God, you've given me these things not for me but for your glory and so that people might know you. All over the world, and we are we are trying as best we can to make our church a place that we are touching the whole world. I want you to know something: we've been given towards the church in uh, uh, called Pinewood in Boulder, Colorado. I want to give you an update on them. I forgot to do this. They had 191 people at their launch service last week. That's awesome. There were 12. There was well, there was eight people who signed that put down on the decision card that they wanted to know more about a relationship with Jesus in Boulder, Colorado. It's awesome. We were able to give through that baby bottle thing, we were able to give $300 towards the Community Pregnancy Center to help people know what life is. Both life in the womb and outside of it, but also to know eternal life. And little baby bottles. When I got the thing, I was like, wow, 300 bucks of change. We got a lot of change here, okay? And we get this opportunity to, to invest in the international mission boards. We get an opportunity to invest in the Gideons. We do get an opportunity to invest in the ministry of this church. It's been, it's, it's so good. God has given us everything we have to make him known to the world. And we're trying, we have, we have friends, in the, and we get a video every, every, um, um, every Christmas from my friends who are in, and uh, our missionaries who are in Ghana, West Africa, and our money's going there, and we sent folks to Kenya. It's, listen. God, I, I, all of us should be about making him known because knowing him is the best thing. And making him known and making Christ known throughout the world is our mission. And everything we have is for that. Every blessing we receive is to make him known that the nations might praise him. All of them. And I don't know if you've ever been there before,
1: but I have.
0: And I'm still there. And sometimes it wanes and comes back and forth. And it's, I wish I could say I'm always consistent in this. But have you ever just ached for people to know Jesus? And you looked and you go, man, I've, had, I've experienced such grace. We looked at it a couple weeks ago about blessed is the person, happy is the person whose sins are forgiven, whose iniquities are covered. And you know what it's like to have debilitating guilt and to know you can't be right with God on your own, and then to have the balm, the salve, the good news of Jesus come to you, and you're like, oh, I'm forgiven. I know God now. I once was walking in darkness, and now I am walking in marvelous, marvelous light. That is that is grace. Have you ever ached for someone to know that in your family? Have you ever ached for someone to know that in your school? Have you ever ached for someone to know that at your job? Have you ever ached for someone to know that across the world? Have you ever looked at a group of people and just said, Lord, just save them. God, I want them to know you, to be glad in you, to know full forgiveness. And they may be happy in their form of happy right now, but God, just ruffle their waters so that they could see that there's something greater, that that there is a a, a greater thing to know God is better than their best blessings now. This is just temporary blessings. This is just temporary common grace. But there's a day coming that they need to know God. And just if you're ached for that, just, Lord, Lord, let the nations praise you. Let them come for you. That's where this comes from. There's an ache in this psalm. It's a joyful psalm. God, bless me. But when we pray for blessing, let's ask God to put an ache in us a holy discomfort and just a heart desire and an ache that we would see people come to know Jesus. Because He is good. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And He is better than the world's best thing. So when we come to pray and we ask God to bless us, just know something. Your blessings aren't supposed to end to you but he has given every one of us not just the pastors and the missionaries every one of us every blessing that he's poured out is supposed to be poured out again on someone else he's blessing you to be a conduit of blessing to someone else why for his glory and for the people's joy what does the psalmist say let the peoples praise you oh god let all the peoples praise you let the nations be glad and sing for joy let the peoples praise you, O oh God. Let all the people praise you. Let earth, the earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. That's a holy, reverent fear. That's not a fear of trembling. That is, God, bless us so that we might bless other people. God, bless us with good preaching and, and solid biblical foundations here. Why? just so we can pat ourselves on the back and say, look what we did. We were biblically accurate. No, so that we might be a blessing to other people, so that people might know Jesus. God, make us a a hosp- hospitable church, not so that we can get free meals at other people's houses, okay? And then we really like each other. We got lots of friends, okay? And we could sing that old Michael W. Smith song, friends of friends forever. Okay, you don't... No, you play, it's like when we come in here, it's like, oh, it's a great get-together. God, give us this unity and give us this hospita- a hospitable spirit, not for our own good so that we can have lots of friends, but so, God, that you can, can use this, ho- this place as a hospital, a hospital of hospitable people so we can bring people on the outside in so they might know him and they might have joy. All of it, corporately and individually, is for people to know God. All the nations Everyone, everywhere, know and be glad in God. So here's what I'm going to ask us to do. I'm going to invite our communion team forward. And I have a video. This video was taken at 2013 at um, Passion Conference in Atlanta, Georgia. And they're going to sing the song, How Great Is Our God, in a bunch of different languages. And we're just going to pray. As, and we'll take communion together in a minute. We're just going to pray and ask God, to make the nations and their joy set up in our hearts. la padanya This is a symbol of what Christ has done for us, the name that should be praised amongst all the nations. The name that one day that every knee shall bow and every tongue confess. This represents his sacrifice and his victory. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, his, his body was broken. And he took bread, and when he had broken in the upper room of his disciples, he said, Take and eat. In like manner, he took the cup after supper and he said, this is the new covenant in my blood. Take and drink. And often as we do this, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And uh, if you would stand, I want to I read these words of blessing and benediction over us. <clears throat> may God be gracious to us and bless us. And make his face to shine upon us. That your way, God, may be known on the earth your saving power among the nations. Let the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. You are blessed to be a blessing so that others can know the joy of Jesus. You're dismissed in that grace. God bless you.